And everybody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. It's good to feel his presence, isn't it? Praise God. I don't want to ever find myself in the position of Samson. Amen. Having been used of God and then, of course, selling out and compromising. And then in the end, of course, thank God he, restored, he was restored, not his sight, but he was restored and, and uh, I guess killed more Philistines in his death than he did all other times. But the prayer that he prayed is what really bothers me. As he stood between those two pillows that he asked a little boy to bring him to, he prayed a prayer, God, in essence, let me feel your presence one more time. Amen. Just one more time, I want to feel what I used to feel. I just don't want to lose it. Do you? Amen. Yesterday was a week ago, uh, a childhood dream of mine came true. When I got on a small Navy boat and made my way across to the memorial of the USS Arizona. I got off the boat onto the memorial and stood there and honored the way over a thousand men who is entombed in the boat that's laying on the bottom of the bay. You can still see the bow just under the water and the stern and a many young sailor and marine the graveyard is there. And I I thank God I'm in America. But I stood there, went and looked, and then I looked up and it's an open memorial. The wind blows through it. And I looked up and there, and I have a picture of it on my iPhone, actually a video of old glory waving in the wind. Sometimes the enemy thinks they'll destroy you. But you can take, if you're standing there and just look over, that's where the war began. That's where many lives were given. But sitting, and that's where the war began, but sitting right next to it is the mighty Mo, the USS Missouri, which is where the Japanese surrendered to the United States. And I thought, yeah, you started it. But right next to where you started, we got the boat where our president and general signed your surrender. Sometimes the devil starts something, but God has to finish it. Freedom is not free. I'll preach in a moment. But I want to tell you that freedom is not free. I watched the flag pass by one day. It fluttered in the breeze. A young Marine saluted it and then stood at ease. I looked at him in uniform. So young, so tall, so proud. 
with hair cut square and eyes silent and alert. He would stand out in any crowd. I thought, how many men like him had fallen through the years? How many died on foreign soil? And how many mothers' tears? How many pilots' planes shot down? How many foxholes were soldiers' graves? No, freedom is not free. I heard the sound of taps one night when everything was still and I listened to the bugler play and I felt a sudden chill. I wondered just how many times the taps had meant amen when a flag had draped a coffin of a brother or a friend. I thought of all the children, of the mothers and the wives, of fathers and sons and husbands with interrupted lives. I thought about a graveyard at the bottom of the sea of unmarked graves in Arlington. No, my friend, freedom isn't free. While you're giving a hand praise and glad to be an American, let's thank God for the freedom to worship this morning. Thank you for the freedom to shout amen and hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless America. God bless America. Praise God. While you're standing and thank you for allowing me a little emotional. And until you go and stand in a place such as the U.S. Arizona Memorial, I was so appreciative when you go there, how that, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, there were actually Japanese citizens on the boat that went over with me.
There should no, be no rancor in our hearts today. But I was so thankful that children, men, women of all colors and creeds was so reverent and so respectful. Amen. But I want us to take that reverence to a level and thank God the liberty from which we have been called. Hallelujah. Had it not been for my statue of liberty, the old rugged cross, I would not be free today. Praise God. I want to preach to you this morning from the book of Matthew, the 11th chapter. I feel a sweet spirit here and want to say thanks to Pastor Damon. Uh, been gone quite a bit lately and been hearing that he's been doing good preaching and uh, amen so so thankful that you love God and you love church and you love the word praise God aren't you glad you go to a church that just preaches the word amen Matthew 11 verse 20 let's begin reading at verse 25 And we'll read through verse 30. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. This is where I want to begin taking my text from this morning. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, Somebody's saying, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Amen. I, I, I dare say the more you learn about him, the easier the yoke is. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest. Everybody say rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. Now, the original text, I got to stop and explain that. It doesn't mean like easy go or easy sailing. That word in the original means it fits. It fits. For my yoke fits and my burden is light. And I want to speak to you just for a little while on this subject. An invitation to tired souls. An invitation to tired souls. Would you put your Bibles down, your hands together, and let's love the Lord just a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for our church family, Lord. Bless this word. 
in the name of Jesus. And you may be seated. Good to see all of you here. So shocked to see Marvin come in. I know it ain't Marvin, but that's what I used to call him. Melvin's gonna grown up a little bit. Praise God. It's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Look at somebody and smile. My Lord. Amen. It's good to be alive, isn't it? Praise God. I want to welcome you this morning on this July the 4th weekend. Tomorrow we will be celebrating one of the most remarkable documents ever created, the Declaration of Independence. Tomorrow our nation will celebrate its 235th birthday. We give God thanks. We just paid tribute to uh, our military and we sung God bless America and I think we all can say thank you Lord for our freedom. And we pray that in our own small way we can contribute to the coming of the day when all the world's people will be free. I am not predicting that will ever happen but it would be a great and ideal notion. There's a delightful story, and if you happen to follow me on Facebook, I put it on there yesterday about an elderly lady who always wanted to travel abroad. She had never been out of her state, much less the country. So she started the process by getting her passport. She went to the passport office and asked how long it would take to have a passport issued the clerk told her that she would have to take the loyalty oath first. Raise your right hand, please. The lady did as she was told. Do you swear to defend the Constitution of the United States against all its enemies, domestic and foreign, was the first question. Her face turned pale and her voice trembled as she asked in a small, squeaky voice, huh, all by myself? Well, that would be a big responsibility for any one person to bear. But many times and most times, loyalty is a heavy responsibility. Our lesson for this morning is from Matthew. And I read to you the scripture that blesses me and I hope that it blesses you when Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burden, tired, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What an interesting lesson for this particular weekend I say it is interesting because there is a statue that stands in New York Harbor welcoming immigrants from almost every land on earth. We know her as a gift from France and we call her the Statue of Liberty. Within the pedestal on which this great statue stands is a poem by Emma Lazarus graven on a tablet with these immortal words that describe the highest ideals of this nation of immigrants. 
Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Today, we as a nation are in the middle of an immigrant debate, may not be quite as willing to extend the invitation as we once were, but let me put it to you this way, and thankfully, Christ still extends his invitation to all who will heed it. Come to me. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden and weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I've come here to say to you today, my friend, that the Statue of Liberty, the cross of Calvary still stands, and Jesus has arms open wide saying, come unto me. If you're tired, if you're weary, come unto me, and I will give you rest. The huddled masses yearning to breathe free, and the wretched refuse, send these homeless, tempted toss to me. I lift my word by the golden door. Amen. Thank God for Calvary. Is there anyone in this room who knows what it is to be tired? Perhaps you are this morning. I'm not necessarily, yes, I am talking about physical tiredness. I'm talking about mental fatigue, and I'm talking about just being weary. Amen. I'm not a pessimist person. You know I'm not. But um, I'm talking to people that have bills to pay, and you have domestic situations, and you have all kinds of uh, ups and downs because life is that way. You can't avoid that. The Bible said a man that is born of woman and if you have not been born that way, would you stand? Is a few days and full of trouble. Is anybody in this room who really knows what it is to be tired? I was amused to read about an incident that occurred at the Yosemite National Park. Some of you are perhaps familiar with a gigantic granite dome in the park called Half Dome. Half Dome rises more than 4,737 feet above the valley floor. It is a popular hiking destination. In 1993, a woman called 911 from the top of Half Dome using her cell phone. And according to the dispatch, she said, well, I'm at the top and I'm really tired. The answering ranger asked her if she felt sick. No, she said, I'm just really tired. I want my friends to drive to the base to pick me up. The dispatcher explained that she would have to hike down the same trail that she had ascended. The visitor replied, but sir, you don't understand. I'm really tired. What happened, what happened next? Uh, it turned out we got real lucky, the ranger said. Her cell phone battery died. <laughs> Praise God. Anybody who's ever gone on a long hike can sympathize. And anybody that's lived more than a few years knows what it is to get bone tired. 
bone tired. I heard of a mom who was playing cops and robbers in the backyard on a summer evening with her boys. One of her boys pointed a toy gun at her and shouted, bang, bang, mama, you're dead. She slumped to the ground, fell down and closed her eyes. And when she didn't get up, a neighbor ran across the yard to see what was wrong. And as the neighbor bent over, mom opened one eye and whispered, shh, don't blow my cover. It's the only chance I get to rest. Hikers and busy moms are not the only ones who get tired. Fatigue can take its toll on the best of us. Can you say amen? Popular author, many perhaps have heard of Gordon MacDonald, says that his father taught him to ski when he was a young boy. MacDonald still remembers one of the first pieces of advice his father gave him on the slope. Remember, son, said his dad, more accidents happen in the final hour of the day than at any other time. McDonald says he knows now that his father was correct. Trying to get one more downhill run in before the, the ski row closes, some skiers will rush down the slope forgetting that their bodies are tired and their reflexes are no longer sharp and their mind is not as sharp as it was in the morning and the shadows are long and icy and bare spots are hidden and the shadows of the evening sun and the combination of a depleted body and obstacles not easily seen creates conditions in which accidents are far more likely to happen in the last hour. His dad was right. At the end of the day, it is wise to ski more, much more cautiously. You can be more tired than you realize, plus you can't not always trust the terrain. Fatigue has been a factor in many tragic accidents, not only with skiers, but also with the operators of automobiles. Uh, I, I won't ask you if any of you have ever fallen asleep driving. I have. I should not admit this, but it's true. I've gone through towns before and wake up on the other side and not remember going through that town. I remember, I remember working on a construction job when I was 17 years old, 16. Uh, believe it or not, uh, they, I was a laborer. We were building the dunes of Panama condominium. They... I would grab an 80-pound bag of mortar mix and a guy was standing there and throw another 80-pound bag on my shoulder. I'd take it over to the hand mixer and help mix concrete and would do that all day long, 80 pounds on both shoulders, mixing concrete. And, and uh, when I got off of work, needless to say, even at 16 years old, I was tired. I remember sitting at a red light in Panama City, Florida, fell asleep at the red light. I don't know how long I had sit there through how many changes, but finally somebody come up behind me and sit down on the horn, and I'm sitting in the middle of the street asleep. I could tell you another time I went to sleep. I'd working at Piggly Wiggly, 
and we had been to a youth rally the night before. It was 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when they got in. I had to be at work, I think, at 6. So I had little or no sleep. And my lunch break, I was more tired than sleepy, so I pulled across the street under a big old Spanish oak. I kicked the seat back on my little old car. I was going to take me about a 45-minute nap and then go back to work at the store. And uh, after an hour or so, my first cousin's husband was the manager of the store, called Mom, have you seen David? No, they got the police department, the sheriff department. Everybody was looking for me. The pastor called a prayer meeting, and nobody knew where I was. And, and at 6 o'clock that next evening, my cousin looked out of the front door of the store and out across the four-lane highway. He saw my little car. He didn't see a head. So, oh, Lord, I've been abducted. And so he walked over there, and he looked in there, and there I was, sound asleep from about 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Amen. Tired, fatigue. I'll tell you one more. I was sitting, sitting in a shop class in the ninth grade. Boring class. The teacher didn't have really much to offer. We just mainly sat there. and So I put my head on my desk and went to sleep. What he did was he told the class, I found this out later. He said, let him sleep as long as they work. So I slept. The bell rang. They tiptoed out. Some seventh graders come in. I slept. He told them at the door, let him sleep. Ooh, after my long winter nap, I picked my head up thinking my class was almost over. And I looked around. Here's a big ninth grader in a room full of seventh graders with no one he didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I got up and got my books and went out the door. Amen. Falling asleep at the wheel. For, fortunately, you and I have lived to tell about it, but it happens more than any of us would like to think. Mental weariness and fatigue. Fatigue produces, I'm going to preach here in a moment. Fatigue produces slow reflexes and poor decision making. There's evidence that some of the best known tragedies of the past several decades, the Exxon Valdez spill, the Challenger rocket explosion, the Chernobyl nuclear reactor meltdown, and the Three Mile Island near disaster were all caused, listen to me, in part by decisions made by people in critical positions who were suffering from fatigue and often caused by sleep deprivation. Amen? Oh, that's why the Bible said, be not weary in well-doing. And can I tell you we are in the last hour of this dispensation and I've come by just to kind of help you out a little bit. This is the time the devil would like to lure you to sleep and this is the time he would like to tell you that it's really not that important to be in church today and it's really not that important to be faithful to the cause of God and then a little sleep and a little slumber and a little folding of the hands and a little fatigue and a little weariness and then some poor decisions and then before you know it, asleep at the wheel and you've lost your life and you've lost your soul. Here again, I'm tempted to have you raise your hands, but you don't have to. I asked you, did you go to sleep at the wheel? Uh, some of you did nod. But uh, 
don't have to raise your hand, but sometimes how many have trouble sleeping at night? According to the Sleep Foundation, more than 60% of Americans get less than eight hours sleep. Of course, I don't hardly remember getting eight hours, but that's supposed to be the average rest that an adult requires. You know, most teenagers, it's about 15 hours. You know, and most time adults, you know, it's about four or five hours. Kind of keep up with those kids. It messes up while they're awake and sleeping 15 hours. But 43% of Americans report that several days each month, they are too sleepy to perform efficiently on their jobs or effectively at home. On a less dramatic scale, how many of us are grouchy and short tempered with our loved ones simply and solely because we're tired. One fellow said, I didn't wake up grouchy. I let her sleep. <laughs> I'm preaching to you this morning. It's almost as if Christ had us in mind when he spoke those beautiful words, come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've come by here to tell you the reason people wring their hands and the reason their hearts are failing with fear and the reason, my friend, is because they can't find rest for their soul is they haven't come to the Lord and found a rest and a peace that passive understanding. I'm here to tell you the rest that Jesus gives. I have not, I have not come by here to give you any kind of fiction Tishious, uh, theology and tell you that my li life will be a better roses if you go to church and, and all the things will be fine. No, but there is something about knowing that you have a relationship with God that it don't matter how high the wind blows or how high the seas become that inside you there's a peace, hallelujah, that you can sleep in the middle of the storm and you can say peace be still. Uh, come on my friend uh, and when your heart is troubled and your mind is troubled you can say, peacemaker, peacemaker, I need your touch today. I don't care, my friend, what kind of dispute, what kind of conflict, what kind of finances, what kind of emotion. There is something about just having a little rendezvous with Jesus. Hallelujah, that it will bring rest to your soul. I've even come by here to tell you I've come to church so many times bone tired I'm not complaining like mom says I'm explaining but there have been a many a Saturday night my wife and I will be traveling or for some reason did not get to go to sleep and we've come straight in hit the shower my friend get on a fresh set of clothes and not tell anybody we hadn't had any sleep in 20 something hours but you'd go to the pulpit and have a bone in your body be tired but oh all of a sudden you start singing something about Jesus and you start preaching the word of God and there was a peace and a rest and a healing that would come unto you. This is the rest. I said this is the rest. Wherewith he called the weary to rest. 
There's something about praising God and worshiping him and connecting to the spiritual world that will bring rest to you more than anything in this world. Uh, I'm, that's the kind of rest I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Oh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. You must realize that a tired body is preceded by a tired mind. Not always, of course. Some people are tired because they do hard physical labor. Others are tired in their mind because they're trying to figure out how to avoid physical labor. Hello? <laughs> Amen. Uh, I, I'm preaching to myself here because I don't get enough rigorous physical exercise. I do a lot of walking, stay busy, work. Uh, so, so I'm hitting myself here, but uh, some folks get tired because of strenuous recreational exercise, but uh, I've learned that uh, in my study that that is not um, uh, as you might think. Uh, I've been told, even by those that exercise, um, many people who run or swim or have some kind of strenuous exercise will tell you that over time, exercise actually produces more energy than it depletes. So, man, Lord, we ought to have more shouting around here. This is a fact. Sitting around doing nothing is the fastest way to grow tired. Oh, Lord. Brother Tipton, you just called me out. Sitting around doing nothing is the fastest way to get tired and get out of sorts. That's why our grandparents say that a idle mind is a devil's workshop. So, a tired body is preceded by a tired mind. And, of course, I realize exercise isn't for everybody. One man said his doctor told him that jogging would add years to his life. And the man says, I think he was right. I, I feel 10 years older already. <laughs> Another poor guy said he'd finished 50 push-ups this morning. But he adds that he started those uh, 50 push-ups back in 2005. <laughs> Another man said he is really into exercise. He said, every morning I wake up to the alarm, I jump from bed, I run around the block six times, then I kick the little block back under the bed and go back to sleep. See, most of us are not tired from straining our muscles. Most of our fatigue is mental. It takes energy to deal with customers all day. It takes energy to, to try to figure out how, how you're going to uh, make this happen. It takes energy to sit in front of a computer screen or try to reconcile the checkbook and, 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 and even some of our jobs. I'm trying to, 
I'm trying to relate to y'all this morning. It, it's draining to, uh, to have a job that is repetitive or requires precision. And, and so I told my wife the other day, we were working at the campground. I, I got into the RV and I said, hey, ho, 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 don't shut the door yet. So not, not all of me is here yet. I'm dragging. <laughs> Amen. So we drag ourselves into our home, barely able to put one front in front of the other. We're tired and we're beat. But let me help you this morning. Then sometimes something quite interesting happens. I wish it would get this way when it comes to church. Then something quite interesting happens. The phone rings. And a friend says, would you like to go shopping? You want to go bowling? You want to go to the mall? Want to go to Six Flags? Want to go to Great Smokies? Come on, wave at me. <laughs> and suddenly, we have a burst of energy that belies our Exclamation of fatigue. You want to pray? You want to play? Yeah! I'm helping you here. Where does that new energy come from? It comes from your mind. I knew a lady that was 42 years old when she died. And I knew she was going to die. Because she said she was. I mean, for a couple of years. I don't know why she'd have to wait till after midnight. But she'd call me. Oh, Brother Tipton, can you come over and pray for me? I'd get up, get dressed. Her, her husband would let me in. I'm just going to die, Brother Tipton. She's the lady, I think, that on her epitaph, it needed to say, I told you I was sick. Not making fun of somebody's sickness, but all she did in her entire conversation was trying to find something somewhere hurting or wrong until she talked herself to death. I believe with all of my mind and my heart, not denying that we get old and our, our bodies start falling apart. Hello. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, you know, you, 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 that's the reason I wear shoes that you don't have to tie because they come untied. It's getting harder and harder to get down there. So When I do have them on while I'm down there, I say, is there anything else I can do while I'm down here? You know, and you go to the refrigerator and you say, am I here to put something in or take something out? Or your back goes out more than you do. But I'm trying my best to get you to understand something. Somebody like, and I've read the story of, of Colonel Harlan Sanders who already was retired and, and was working for the state and retired and in his late 70s and early 80s just 
he loved to cook and, and, and develop this recipe that we all know as KFC. Amen. But there was something in his mind that he could say, you know what, I don't have to die. I don't have to give up early. I, I, can, I can be a dreamer and I can, I can do something. I believe if people somehow or another would begin to get a new burst of energy in their mind. I'm not saying you can go 24 hours without sleep. I'm not saying you can tell your mind that you don't have to rest. But I'm telling you, that burst of energy you get when somebody says, let's go dance. And I'm just saying that for the worldly folks. Okay? Am I making any sense? It's amazing how a teenager, if you've got an ATV, a four-wheeler, it's amazing how they get an energy to ride that thing until it's out of gas. But you tell them to get on another four-wheeler, I'm just too tired, but it's got a blade on it. See, all the teenagers look at, what's he talking about? What's, what, what's a four-wheeler with a blade? It's a riding lawnmower. Or it's a push mower. You're amazing how they're too tired. But let's go play ball. Well, yeah! They just got to tell mom and dad they're too tired to wash the car. But somebody called and said, you want to go play cat or mouse or house or horse? And they get a sudden, am I talking to all of us? They get a sudden burst of energy. Why? Right here. I am telling you, you can live for God if you want to. I can tell you that you can take a stand for right and truth if you want to. <laughs> you only do what you tell your mind it can do. And sometimes you got to look in the mirror and you got to tell your mind you're going to behave yourself and you're going to church and you're going to work and you're going to straighten up and you're going to fly right. Come on, it comes from the mind. You don't have a straw, do you? Does anybody here have a straw in your purse? Maybe that you don't like to drink out of a glass and you just keep a straw in your purse. Huh? I'm not talking about a pine straw now. A drinking straw. We'll pause. I think brother, I, I think brother Loper's gonna get me one. Everybody say this is the pause that refreshes. Be right back after these messages. Amen. You know, it's it's nothing to put down twenty five dollars to park at Six Flags. But oh Lord, that $25 looks like $2,500 when it comes to church. It's just, it's just amazing how. I went to Six Flags one time, I think it was $15 or $20 to park on their parking lot. And then once you get to the gate, they're going to charge you, how much is it? About 40 bucks? 50? You're charging me 15 to park in your parking lot and 15 to walk through your gate. I said, I think I'm going to try that at church. It's working for them. Look at their parking lot. I mean, you ought to at least consider every time you park, you know, this is worth 10 bucks. I'm waiting on my straw. 
I don't like to drink out of a straw. That just lets a sucker know he's reached bottom. How old are you now? Good Lord. Did Brother Loper get lost? Because <laughs> I'm going to go on. I was just hoping to, it's just a simple illustration. Uh, I used this at Impact Conference one year. And uh, it's just a simple illustration. Amen. When you focus, praise God. I'll look at your neighbor and say, everything's all right. Praise God. Uh, Brother Damon lets me, and if I can find my notes, I, I, I thought about it a while ago. I, uh, Brother Coon asked me to, to speak on a conference call to all of the home mission directors, state directors on the uh, east side of the Mississippi. And so I did a conference call and, and like a little leadership training on focus and goal setting. And I thought, you know what? Tonight might be a good night. It won't be like a preaching style, but it would be something to kind of help folks to set goals and focus. Amen. Just a little, little helpful hint. Praise God. We're getting poor around here. We can't even find a drinking straw. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, They've changed these lights up here, and I can't really see too good. It looks like we got a full, full house. Hallelujah. But let me just go ahead. I, what I was going to do was hold up a drinking straw. Just let you, you, you know what one is. Praise God. And, and I was going to do it, and I'm going to get to. That won't work if it's in the wrapper. Amen. Some folks wrapped up too tight anyway. Amen. But, but look, at this, look at this little old, just little old simple drinking straw. And if you're familiar with the power of the Gulf Stream, the flow of that water of the Gulf Stream, did you know that that force would flow through an ordinary drinking straw if the straw is placed parallel to the flow of the stream? The same force that can erode rocks and mountains and the power of that gulf stream, if that straw gets parallel to the flow, the gulf stream will flow through it. If it gets crossways, you follow, see the problem? Some reason people can't live for God and they can't have rest and they're always up is because they're crossways of the flow. You, you catch my flow? You understand my drift? Hello. They're crossways of everything that God wants them to be. Well, even if you get a little crossways, it's going to. But you got to hold it if you're going to go with the flow. And if that flow is going to go through you, you got to stay parallel to the flow. And if you're going to follow the flow of the Spirit, you can't get crossways of God's Word, His precepts, His principles, and His design, but you got to get with the flow. And once you get with the flow, that's where you can find rest. And that's where you can be overwhelmed by the blessings of God. And He said the blessings will overtake you. He said those blessings will overtake you in the city and in the country. My friend, He said they will overtake But you got to be parallel with the flow. And the same is true of our lives. Align them. Let, let me offer something here, here to help you. 
there is a purpose other than what just, just getting a job and, and just driving a car and going home. That's good. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to work for your family. But if every individual that call this their church home would align themselves with a purpose, there is some, there is some ministry, be it small or great, there is something that goes on in the economy of God and the government of God and this body of the local church that you could align yourself with and you would have a purpose saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own that. That's going to be a part of my purpose. And I'm, I'm going to see to it that whatever that call and that purpose is, it could be anything involved in the church. If you find a purpose that gives you worthwhile living and it gives you gratitude even when nobody else knows you're doing it, it gives you gratitude to know that I am of a larger call. Is this okay? When you align yourself with some great purpose, it's amazing how much power and how much energy they can produce. It's like a person that sits around all the time is going to get tired. If you don't believe that's true, and I've got experience here, as a pastor, I know what it is to sit all day at a hospital. If you've had a loved one in the hospital or if you've been in the hospital, there's something about laying around and sitting around. I actually can stay in a weight room at the hospital all day, and when I leave, I am tireder than I would have been if I'd have been out weed eating. Because there's just something about sitting there wears you out. But it is amazing, like the exerciser that produces more energy, it is amazing how when you align yourself with a great purpose and a great cause, how much power and how much energy it produces. And I've got to hurry. These words of Jesus speak of the source of that energy. Come to me. Oh, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke suggests that that we are getting prepared to work in concert with him. The rest that Jesus gives is not the rest of lying around doing nothing. Amen. The rest that Jesus gives, ooh, praise God, is the rest of a re renewed mind and a refreshed spirit. It is the rest of a new purpose in life and a new purpose for life. I mean, you got a whole lot more reasons to live and a whole lot more reasons to get involved and a whole lot more reasons to go to heaven than you did yesterday. I'll try to bring this too close, but one of the great missionaries of the 20th century was a man by the name of Stanley Jones. Jones was a man of amazing energy who he wrote several best-selling books. It's hard to imagine that his career was once threatened and nearly cut short by chronic worry. When he first arrived in India, Missionary Jones wore himself out, working and worrying. Seem like they go together. I quote, I was suffering so severely from brain fatigue and nervous exhaustion that I collapsed, not once, but several times. Aboard a ship returning to America, 
Jones collapsed again and the doctor put him to bed. After a year's rest, he attempted to return to India but became a bundle of nerves on the return trip and arrived in Bombay, a broken man. His colleagues warned him that any attempt to continue ministering in such a, a state of anxious care could be fatal to his life. While praying one night, groping in emotional darkness, Joan seemed to hear a voice ask him, are you yourself ready for this work to which I have called you? No, Lord, replied Jones. I am done for. I have reached the end of my resources. If you will turn that over to me and not worry about it, the voice seemed to say, I will take care of it. And this is what missionary Jones answered, Lord, I close that bargain right now. When he said that, when he said, I close the bargain right here, he says that a great sense of peace closed in over him. He felt a rush of abundant life and he seemed to be swept off of his feet. His energy returned, his enthusiasm bubbled over, and he plunged back into the work of God in India with vitality that he had never known in his entire life. And he went on to spend a lifetime of ministry in India, writing numerous books and ministering to multitudes around the world. He later wrote, this one thing I know, my life was completely transformed and uplifted that night when at the depth of my weakness and depression, a voice said to me, if you will turn that over to me and not worry about it, I will take care of it. And I replied, Lord, I close that bargain right here. Maybe you and I this morning need to close a bargain with God. Can you say you have the sense of peace that Stanley Jones found in his encounter with God. So many of us are tired because of the mental and emotional conflicts that are draining us of our energy. Hear me, church family. We need to turn our worries, our concerns, our doubts, and our fears over to God. And then in closing, we need to be yoked to Jesus Christ. You remember me telling you about the elderly lady that went to get her passport? She thought she was going to have to defend the Constitution in America, both foreign and domestic, by herself. She, she didn't want to feel the weight of protecting the Constitution of the United States on her shoulders alone. And that's a common mistake. Many of us sitting in this room this morning are trying to shoulder burdens alone. Burdens that Christ would like to yoke up with us and help bear our burdens. Come on, can you give him a hand clap of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants to shoulder that load with us. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Come on. My burden is light. And a yoke is most commonly associated with oxen and other animals that are harnessed together so they can help farmers plow. To be yoked with Christ is to allow him to share the burden of our daily lives. Did not he tell us in his word, cast your care upon me, for I care for you. To allow him to take off our shoulders the weight of trying to solve our problems alone. As much as we want to be independent and independent-minded, we cannot, we cannot solve our problems alone. Being yoked with Jesus is one of the secrets of a productive life. Dr. Herb True tells about a conversation he had with the trainer of Clydesdale horses. According to this trainer, the average Clydesdale is able to pull about 7,000 pounds. Put two Clydesdales together, however, and their combined pull equals more than 18,000 pounds working as a team. With proper training, the same two Clydesdales are capable of pulling 25,000 pounds, more than three times as much as one Clydesdale. In the business world, this is called synergy. Get two people complementing one another, working in harmony and tandem, and much more can produced can be produced than by either one working alone. Imagine how effective our lives could be if we worked in tandem with the one who is the source of all ideas, the source of all energy, and the source that has ever been created, if I could yoke up with him, imagine how much more effective I would be. Amen. The English, in closing, the English theologian, F.B. Meyer, once visited the American evangelist Dwight L. Moody in Northfield, Massachusetts. Moody showing Meyer a team of oxen said that whenever one of those oxen were being yoked in, the other, which might be on the far side of the farmyard, would come trotting up and stand beside the other one until it was yoked with it also. Meyer then made this encouragement application to us in our relationship to Christ. Jesus stands today with the yoke upon his shoulder and let us plow together the long furrows of your life. I will be a true yoke fellow to you and the burden shall be on me. What we need to do is like the oxen on the other side of the farm is run over to the one that has the yoke on him and yoke up to Jesus. 
How about you this morning? Are you tired of being sick and tired? Are you ready to trust him with your worries and your emotional conflicts? Would you stand? Give me your attention and let's ask God on this July the 4th weekend to do something for somebody this morning. Your emotional conflicts, the weariness of your mind. Here's what he's saying to us this morning. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and I am humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some of you are tired of walking. Some of you have spent sleepless nights. In the next few moments, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is going to come in here in a soothing way. But you need to run to Him. He's already got the yoke on. But you need to get yours on and yoke up with Him. I remember a story. Anybody here familiar with Hal Kennedy? Hal Kennedy used to sing with the Dixie Echoes. He was and is today a United Pentecostal preacher. He, um, he backslid many, many, many years ago. Very tired and weary in his mind. Still traveling with the Dixie Echoes, still singing gospel songs, but away from God just seemed like he was so weary, so tired. No peace in his life. He called up another Pentecostal lady. At that time, her name was Dottie Rambo. He said, Dottie, I've got a record recorded and we, we, uh, we lack one song. And uh, do you have one that you can offer our group? She said, I don't know. I'll pray about it. Let me get back with you. She sat down and penned a song. And she sent it to him. And it was the song that brought him home. And it goes, I've been standing, looking down a narrow road. Trying to find my way back home. Why I strayed so far, I'll never understand. Somebody needs this morning. But that same road will lead me home again. Come on, let's praise him, church. That same road will lead me back to Jesus. Come on, that same road that led you away is going to bring you back. No matter how far these feet 
may try every road sign still points me back to Calvary <laughs> but that same road will lead me home again are you tired and weary just come on back down that road Oh, that same road will lead me back to Jesus. That same road. Let's praise him. No matter how far these feet may trod, every road sign still points me back to Calvary. But that same road will lead me home. That same road that took you away can bring you back. Oh, I've been standing, looking down a narrow road. I'll feel the Holy Ghost. I've been trying to find my way back home. Oh, why I strayed so far, I'll never understand. But that same road will lead me home again. Oh, yes, that same road will lead me back to Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, let's, let's yoke up with Jesus this morning. Let's yoke up with Jesus this morning. Come on, if you really want to find rest, you really want to find peace this day, hallelujah, just get on that road to lead you home. Hallelujah. Back to Calvary. It just seems longer when you've been so far from God oh yes that same road will lead me back to Jesus <laughs> no matter how far these feet may try Back to Calvary It just seems longer When you've been Come on, let's pray for the peace of God To pass over this place right now Oh, yes, that same road Find you somebody to pray with right now It's gonna lead you back to Jesus Hallelujah No matter how far my feet may try Every road sign still points me Back to Calvary It just seems longer When you've been so far from God Oh, I've been standing Looking down 
on a narrow road I've been trying to find my way back home why I strayed so far I'll never understand <laughs> come on church but that same road will lead me home again come on the Holy Ghost will sweep in this place that same road will lead me come on find peace for your soul today hallelujah get in the stream today get in the stream today every road sign still points me back to calvary in the name of jesus in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Let peace fill our hearts and minds today. Come on, folks, let's pray for the peace of God that passive understanding. Come on, let peace envelop our heart today. Let peace envelop our hearts today. Hallelujah. Yes, let peace fill your heart. No matter how far these feet they trod, Every road still points me. Come on, this is an invitation to tired souls today. Come on, find peace this morning. Find some peace today. Well, hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him a little bit, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship him a little while. Don't leave here with a troubled mind. Don't leave here with a troubled heart. Hallelujah. Come on, get in flow with the Spirit. Get in flow with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Woo! Well, every road sign still points me back to Calvary. It just seems longer when you've been so far from God that same road will lead me back to Jesus <laughs> no matter how far these feet they try every road sign still points me back to Calvary it just seems longer when you've been so far from God come on let's give the Lord a hand praise right now come on let's invite him in this place oh let's let the Holy Ghost move come on it's just barely past 1130 come on let's just Let's let have a little small breakthrough here right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Are you tired? Are you heavy laden? Are you weary in mind? Find rest for your soul today. Hallelujah. Find rest for your soul today. Woo. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that same road will lead you. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. No matter 
how far his feet. Come on, like the drinking straw. Come on, get in flow with the Spirit. Let the Spirit of the Lord and his mighty power pass through you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I thank you for the peace of God. I thank you for the peace of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for the peace of God that passeth understanding. Oh, yes, that same road will lead me. 